Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. Welcome all of you. I am very happy that I can see you and that we can be together. I hope you are you had a great summer. It looks like it's over this week, yeah? <laughs> like here in Europe, the summer goes from very high to very low, usually. So, but I hope you enjoyed the summer. I hope you got refreshed with your friends, family. I hope you discovered new beauties of the creation of the Lord, and I just hope you were blessed. But today I want to share, we are continuing with our series to, to, uh, by faith. And I want to speak today about life of faith. And we've been talking about that uh, last few Sundays. But um, this message that I had on my heart, I really had it for a few months actually. And I knew that when I will have a chance to preach, I knew that I need to speak about this. Because I felt it very heavy on my heart that this is something that we have to speak about here in Budapest and in Hungary. See, one thing that I, I realized, um, and I will share now why, um, one thing that I realized when I came here is that there is a heaviness over this place in Hungary. Uh, I thought it's mainly about Budapest, but actually yesterday I was speaking with one pastor's wife from a from, um, countryside, and she said it's all over Hungary, and it's a heaviness to fight for life. Many, many people are struggling to live a life that can be enjoyable, let me say it this way. A life that can be good. It's almost like there has been, it's been stolen from people. And when people come here, they feel this heaviness. And, you know, we've been, um, we visited second time this week uh, the synagogue on Dohan Utsa. And hearing the stories and hearing what happened in downtown of Budapest, how many people died in these buildings where we, you, all of us probably live, and what happened all over here, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me when I meet regularly people here who tell me that without explanation, they have a desire to die. And it's heavy. And it's serious. And I feel the devil is trying to steal the joy of life. The devil is trying to steal it. Why I'm speaking about that? Because actually that's been part of my story. That's been part of my life. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, actually. I grew up in a uh, pastor's family. And, you know, that probably means that it should be a good life, which was, I want to say. I have loving parents. I, my parents, they really uh, showed me great example. But the truth is as well that no one on this earth can protect us from pain and death because it's part of this earth. And so what happened in my teenage years that I faced very sudden and unexpected death of quite a few of my friends. And I even witnessed, uh, I, I found my brother who almost died in a bathroom by, by a gas leaking from, from a heater. And that really changed me. I was only 16, 17 years old, but I could feel the spirit of death there. And it was so strong and we knew we knew that it wasn't his time to die. And we prayed, and my father, we prayed for 40 minutes. We were, we were doing CPR. We were praying for him for 40 minutes before the ambulance came. 
and today he is alive, he has a family, and it is a miracle, and we witnessed the miracle, but I remember as a 16-year-old girl, I remember how the spirit of felt felt, spirit of death felt, and it was strong, because it wanted to rob, it wanted to kill, but it left effect on my life. By witnessing the death of my friends, who were young, by witnessing my brother almost die in front of my eyes, and now it was me who found him, suddenly it started to get under my skin partially. It started to feel like every time it was hard, I wanted to die. And I was surprised how come, even though I live in a family where I am loved, even though I live in an environment where my parents practice living faith, and I've seen many miracles, how come the devil could get so, such layers on me? That every time when it was hard, I didn't want to die, you know, in a, like this non-Christian way. That's how I call it. I wanted to die in this Christian way. I prayed, Lord, take me home. But, you know, it was really just, I just want to die. How many Christians are praying this prayer when it's hard, when it's heavy? Just take me home. I want to tell you that it's the devil who wants to steal your life. It's the devil who wants to destroy the joy of your life. And today I want to speak about life of faith. Today I want to speak that even though devil wants to try steal the taste for life in you, the God came to give life. But not only a life, because you are alive, you are still here, you have it. Not only a life, but a good life because he's a good God. He cannot, he cannot give bad life when he gave you a life it has a purpose it has a meaning it is for something and we need to i really feel that some of us we need to rewire some thinking in us how we face and how we view life that we are living so i want to challenge us in three ways and i hope you want to you are coming with me on this journey. The first way I want to challenge us is live a good life. Live a good life. Want, want to. I want to challenge you to want to live a good life. See, for most of us, good life means yes to money. Yes, I want money. Yes, we want friends. Yes, we want love. Yes, we want fun. Yes, we want to family. That's good. And no. No to trouble, no to sickness, no to disappointment, no stress. If we have that, yes, then it's good. If we have that, no, then it's bad. But what if life is not about having season yes and no? But what if life is about having and or or? Let me explain. Many times we split on two sides and we are choosing one side. We are saying sad or happy. Oh, I am now sad or happy. We are or saying I'm now talking or quiet. You are either talking or quiet. You are either laughing or crying. You see those sides? It's either having fun or faith or doubting, yeah? 
Many times it's like that. That's how we see ourselves. It's either or. But what if it's not about or? What if it's about and? What if it's that you can be sad and happy at the same time? What if you can love and be frustrated at the same time? What if you can be tired but happy at the same time? What if you can have a sewing time and a me time at the same season? What if it's a church and family time at the same time? What if it's it, let's try and let's fail and fail at the same time? What if it's disagree and love at the same time? What if we can love, laugh and cry at the same day and still have a good day? You know, uh, I have a gift. <laughs> I can laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> it's actually in my family, honestly. My uncles, it was actually my grandfather who had that. Then my, all my uncles and my husband, when he married to our family, he was like, you are so funny. When we are laughing, we actually all, when we laugh really hard, we ended up crying. But like really tears are running down our face and we are crying and laughing because we are laughing so hard. It's a, it's a family gift. Sorry. <laughs> but what if we can cry and laugh at the same day and have a good day? What if we can have faith and doubt at the same minute? You remember the story in Mark 9 when the father of Moses' son came, comes to Jesus and he's approaching him because he wants his son to be set free and he tells him, Jesus, if you can. And so what Jesus says to him, what do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father cry out instantly, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That, what, a, what a sentence. I have faith, but please help me to overcome my unbelief. See, the perspective is that good life is not about having this or that, happiness or unhappiness. But good life is about having this and that and choosing what we will focus on more. And choosing what we are going to focus on more. You can be happy and sad at the same day, but still live a good life. Your life can be good because it depends on what we choose to see. See, in Psalm 100, I love this psalm. It's easy to read. <laughs> it's not so long. Psalms 119, that's a challenging one. But 100 says, and let's read the verse 1 and 2. It said, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. See, only when we are able to recognize the joy, gladness, you are only then you are express the joy. Only when you are able to recognize the joy, you can express joy. Only when you are able to see the joys in your life, you are able to express joy for Jesus. How can we come into his gates with joy and gladness if we are not able to recognize it? If we are not able to recognize it. 
See, some of us, we need new glasses. I've got new glasses recently. This is the first time I'm preaching in them, and I'm telling you my whole life changed because of them. See, uh, I have a glasses for seeing you, but at my age, <laughs> it happens that uh, the sight splits, and what was good for me to seeing you became bad for me to be able to read. And so when I was preaching here last time, I had to make decision which glasses I'm going to wear. Am I going to wear the glasses that I can read the notes, or am I going to wear glasses so I can see you? The problem was, if I wear glasses for reading the notes, after a few minutes, my head started to spin because I was not seeing well, and I started to feel dizzy. But I needed them for reading my glasses. But now I got these glasses that I can see you and I can read at the same time. And that changed my life because my head started to hurt much less. It hurts much less now. What I want to tell you that some of us, we need to upgrade in our life to see with new glasses. Some of us, we need new glasses so we don't see only the pain, so we don't see only what we are missing, but as well that we are seeing what is good and what is God blessed us with. Because it's not either good or bad, but it's good and the hard as well. But what are we going to choose to see? Learn to look far and learn to look closely. But most of all, we all need to embrace joy and pain in the same time. We need to learn how to handle joy and pain at the same time. It's normal. I'm sorry, but that's normal in this life. You know, three years ago, Toby got married in August. And it was really something that we looked forward to. Kika, his wife, she's an amazing girl. We were so excited for him to get married. But so little. People knew that three weeks before that, we buried our spiritual daughter that was so close, and we were spending time with her, and I, we were holding her hands when she died. And you know what we had to learn? To rejoice in the day and cry in the night at the same time, because it was normal. We had to mourn and cry because we missed her, and it was normal pain. But yet, we knew that we don't want to get robbed of the joy of Toby getting married to Kika. See, we need to learn to not get robbed of the joys of our life that are here. Because I want to tell you, there are joys around you. Do you see them? We need to learn to embrace joy and pain at the same time. For some of you, if you want to overcome the season you are in, you need to embrace the little joys you have in a big style. You need to learn to embrace the little joys of your life in a big style so you can survive the pain that you are facing. Some of you need to hear it. They are maybe now just little joys, but if you embrace them in a big style, if you are able, able to just stop and see the beauty. As we were driving here, I saw this beautiful slonecznica. Sunflower, sorry. Beautiful sunflower. It has, it had, it was just by the street, by the, as we were driving. And when I saw her, she was having these flowers on every side. And it just took me like, that's just for you. Just enjoy it. Do you see the beauty? Did you see it? And 
by seeing it, I just looked at it as we were going by and I just realized, what a moment. What a moment of little joy. What a moment of beauty. What a moment of something special that God placed there to give me a little joy. Do we see that? Are we able to embrace the little joys in a big style so we can face the pain that maybe we are now facing? Celebrate like it's your last time of joy. Can we celebrate? Can we rejoice in those little moments? Can we praise in the church and mean it? Can we find happiness in his presence like we did today singing your goodness has been following me all my life. And you know, yes, I experienced a lot of pain and a lot of death. But you know what? Today, by standing here, I can say his goodness was following me all my life. He's been good God. He's been good God. That's why it's important to start in the morning with the Lord. Because if you do not start in the morning with the Lord, you are not able to see the joys the blessings, the moments of the day that he prepared for you because your sensors are not on. Your spiritual sensors are not on. And the devil is trying to steal the joy, steal the joy of a good life. He is the main source for me. And to recognize that life is good. If we fail, if we fail to recognize his goodness... His joy in our life, we fail or we are not able to recognize that life can be good. It's all about that. What do we see more? So new glasses, guys, are expensive, but they are worth it. New glasses, I, I just pray over you. New glasses, new ability to see, new ability to recognize. I just pray that God will... Just heal your eyes. Take down what needs to be taken down. And open what needs to be opened. There are so much beauty. So much beauty around. And the beauty is supposed to give us joy. The beauty is supposed to give us strength. The beauty and the creation of the Lord is supposed to give us the perspective of heaven. And we need that. All of us, we need that. The second challenge that I want to take us on is to live a life, a healed life. Live a healed life. I mean, that sounds very easy when you write it like that. But the problem is that most people are not able to enjoy the life because the hurts and disappointments that have been in their life were too often, the hurts, and they were too big in their lives. And most people, we just want to move from one stage to another stage. We hate those moments when it's hard. We hate those seasons when it's too much pain. And we are just saying, just let just this season finish. I just want to move on. And so maybe you just go on and you are looking for joys that are not meant to be the joys of life in you. Just because you don't want to face the pain. Just because you don't want to go through those seasons. But I want to tell you that we can be hurt and happy at the same time. We can go through a hard years and hard seasons 
and be happy and have a happy life at the same time. But in all of that, we need to find transparency and healing. We need healing from every heart's crisis, from every painful situation, from every hurt or sadness that you experience. You need to find healing because you know what? Unhealed wounds stink. Unhealed wounds in our life, they all stink. You can dress up as nicely as you can. You can learn to speak as nicely as you can. You can learn to speak as spiritually as you can. If there is unhealed, unhealed season of your life, it's still leaking. And people can hear it. People can smell it. People can smell the wounded spirit in us. People who don't want to talk about those things, those seasons, they are not healed because they do not own the lesson of that season. They do not own the healing of that season and they do not own the tool from that season. See, if we are healed in some areas, if we are healed in some areas, We've got a tool from that season. We, we get a tool. Because when Jesus heals us, he equips us as well. You know why I know it? You remember the story? Jesus did it with, with, the, with his disciples all the time. But I want to take you to these two stories. The one is that when Jesus came to Peter, <laughs> when he was fishing out, he recognized Jesus is on the shore. He jumps, he runs, finds Jesus barbecuing the fish. And Jesus had to have a private talk with Peter. And three times he asked him, Peter, do you love me? You know why he had to ask him three times? Not because Jesus needed to hear that Peter loved him. He knew. <laughs> But because Peter needed to confess three times. Because he knew why he was asking him. And Jesus took Peter to his failure. Jesus took Peter to his most humbling moments when he denied Jesus. Why? Not because he wanted to point to him. You remember what you did? No, because he wanted to, for Peter to be healed. To be healed. To have sealed that moment. He took him there so he doesn't have to go back anymore to that moment as a failure. But he can come back to that moment. No, I was there with Jesus already. Jesus took me to that moment. And I already said to Jesus, I love him. Yes, it's done deal. I am reconciled with Jesus. Yes, Jesus and me, we are okay about that moment. Yes, Jesus and me, I am okay about that moment. Yes. When Haiti, Haiti died... I experienced physical burnout after I totally collapsed. I was exhausted. I was tired. My body was uh, just totally breakdown. And I couldn't, honestly, for two weeks, I was just sleeping because I just couldn't walk. And I experienced my burnout and, and emotional pain and everything. And I knew that I just need to let my body rest. And when we have burnout, that's very important. Our body, we need to listen to our body. We need to rest. But... 
I knew that I need healing. And I started to pray, Jesus, I will sleep as long as my body needs it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't have to be everywhere. But I need healing. I need healing. And I started to pray for healing. And I really remember, I actually heard the sermon about this sermon about Peter. And, and, and this whole thing about how Jesus took him there. And you know what he, told, what he said to Peter after he three times said, do you love me? Then he said, go and be a shepherd of my sheep. He gave him a tool. Not only he healed him, he gave him a tool. Remember, but here is your tool. I have a calling for your life. And as I was hearing today, I said, Jesus, I need to go back to the moment Haiti died. I need to go back to my pain. And I started to ask, where were you, Jesus? Not because I, I don't believe he wasn't there, but because I wanted him to see where he was. And he showed me I was just there holding your hand. And he totally, this was one of the very few moments I had that I felt he took me back to the room. And I saw him holding hand of Heidi and me. And he told me, do you love me? Do you love me in this pain? And I said, Jesus, I love you. I want you. I trust you. I know she's with you. It's all good. All good. I love you. And I let go. In that moment, I was laying there on the floor and crying for a few hours. But that evening, Jesus healed me so much that since that day, I didn't have to sleep in the afternoon. My whole body recovered. And I just knew. I just knew. I, I got my healing. And some of you, you need to go to the pain and the seasons that still stink. Not because... You need to do something major, but just because you need to find Jesus in that season so he can heal you, so you can live a life that is healed. Jesus did it as well with Thomas. Thomas was doubting. No, I don't believe him. No, no, no. Publicly, no. If I will see the wounds. And what did Jesus did when he did, first time showed himself to him? Hey, Thomas, do you want to see something? Do you want to see something? And he said it publicly. Why? So Thomas can be healed. So Thomas's doubting attitude can be resolved. He took him. Yeah, it looked like he humiliated him. But you know what? He healed him. Because Thomas was the one who brought the gospel to India. He is not man of doubt anymore. He stopped being man of doubt. Because Jesus touched his sensitive spot. Yes. Jesus touched his pain. Why he was doubting? Because he was in pain. Go back and acknowledge in the season that the Lord is good. In Psalm 100 verse 3 it says, Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us and we are his. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. See, when we are only able to get healed, only when we acknowledge that he is good in every season, that he was good in the painful season, that he was good in that pain with me, that he was still good. Only then when you can go back to that pain and say, Jesus, I still believe you are good. I still love you. Only then we can be healed. Only then we can be healed. 
put your life again into his hands and say, hey, Jesus, I'm just a sheep. <laughs> you know, sheeps are dumb. <laughs> Sometimes we need to be sheeps. It says here, we are the sheeps. We are his people, the sheeps of his pasture. But you know why we have to do this? Well, the sheep, they follow. Sheep, they trust. Sheep, they are naive. See, if we experience pain, if we have the layers of pain that is unsolved, we stop being naive. We stop trusting God that he is good. We stop trusting that his goodness is following us all our lives. And we need to get healed so we can be sheep again. So we can trust, so we can follow, so we will stop figuring out our life on our own. But we will trust him. We will trust his goodness. See, if you want your pain to shrink to a measure that you can live and handle it, you must acknowledge that God is good. You must let your control go. You must become sheep of his pasture again. Kids are naive. They have no layers of disappointment and pain. And every time I see a child, every time when a baby comes to a world, I smell heaven. You know they smell very specifically, yes, babies. Yes, yes. They smell like heaven because they are so innocent. Yes. Because they are so beautiful. And you know I want to tell you that we can smell like heaven again. Amen. We can smell like heaven again if we come and get healed. Amen. If we deal with those seasons. Amen. Don't be afraid to go back. It won't, it won't, you know, for Jesus and Peter it was just one talk. <laughs> just one talk. And there was no smell of his failure. There was no smell of his favor. Failure. Why? Because he had dealt with Jesus. I love that. I love that. This is what Jesus can do. This is what he can do. He can just come to that one moment. And in in few moments, he can bring healing. And he can change your spirit. He can change your smell. He can change your attitude. He can change the way you see things. In one moment, he can do it. If you go back to the pain. If you ask where you are. If you let him heal you. And if you recognize the tool that he gives you from that season. Because there is always a tool. And the last thing that I want to speak about is to live a life of purpose. See, life of purpose is loud. <laughs> if you have purpose, you want others to know about it. <laughs> yes, Leo. Your life is loud. <laughs> but our life should be loud about the purpose that God has for us. Let's look at the verses. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. That's purpose. That's loud. That should be loud. For the Lord is good. And now this comes. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. See, if you, we are doing life, doing a life, we are serving someone. If our life is supposed to have a meaning, it, it needs to serve someone. It needs to serve someone. Who is the center of your decision? For whom are you making your decisions? 
When you think about this last week, when you were making decisions, for whom it was? Was it mainly just for you? Or was it to serve someone else, someone, somebody else? Was it to serve to someone at least? Was God in it? Many times it's just about me. I feel tired. I want to sleep. I want to eat. I want to go there. I want to do this. What do you hear? I, I, I. So many times. And you know, I am not saying it's bad. Of course, we need to live a life that is balanced. But still, who is the center of our life? Who is the center of our decisions? See, God made us with a, with a certain way, with purpose. God is good and he doesn't go against something that he made us. He made us with potential to enjoy the creation. With desire to belong. He made us with a desire to bring change. With desire to study. With desire to have a family. With desire to see healthy church. With desire to live a meaningful life. That's all good. But is God in the center of all of this? Or is it just my desire? Do you recognize him in your job? Is God the center of your job? Do you recognize him in your relationship? Do we recognize him in our time of the week? Do we recognize him in the decisions that we make? What is the purpose of your life? For God, it was always purpose for generations. His faithfulness, how it says, his faithfulness continues to each generation. You know, a life that thinks about other generation is a life with purpose. A life, you are leaving a legacy if you like it or not. You are living a heritage for someone, for people around you. For me, you are here, the people that I know in my life, if they like it or not, they are leaving some kind of heritage for me. We all are living. My question is, is it a good one? We should live a life of legacy. See, this week, last week, uh, I watched the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. And I do have to say that all my life, she was the queen. I'm not 70, more than 70. So all my life, I was born and she was already the queen. And I, when I watched her funeral, it made me cry. It really made me cry because it was so powerful. I realized that all my life there was a woman, all my life, who endured faithfully every season. And at the end of her life, she was still able to speak about Jesus as her savior. She was able to smile. In her terrible pain, she was able to stand and shake her blue hand from the sickness that she had with the new prime minister just two days before she died. Just because she knew the power of a life lived with purpose. She said when she became a queen, she said, I want to serve you all my life. If it's going to be short or long, it was long. But all her life she was serving. And I want to tell you, that's a legacy. And this was just a queen. Just a woman. Just a woman. Just a human being. 
Like you, can, you and me. We can all our life by living faithfully. But knowing that God is good. But enjoying the good life. Living a good life. Living a healed life. Living, live a life with purpose. We can leave a legacy for next generation. And that's our job. I want my kids to know that God is good. I want my grandson to know that God is good. Yeah, life can be hard. Life can be painful. But you know what? I want to be able to recognize his goodness. I want to be able to recognize his seasons. And I want to be able to go through those seasons with knowing that I am serving the God who is good God. Can we all stand up, please? It matters how you will finish. It matters how you will finish. It's so important. In these days, many people don't finish well. Many people don't finish well. We are so surrounded by those examples. Can we be example of people who finish well? Can we be example of people who know their God? Come and live a good life. Come and embrace your seasons. Come and get healed. Come and let's make difference together. Let's reflect the good message of good God. Let's just close our eyes right now. First of all, I want to pray against the spirit of death. And we want to just speak life over you. Yes, 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 yes. Those of you who have been struggling with this in your mind. Yes. Maybe in the, in the place where you are. Maybe people around you are struggling with that. We just want to pray that this lies of the devil. That it's better for you to die. Because that's a lie. That the lies of the devil will be broken over you in the name of Jesus. And if it's you, just put your hands on your heart. And so, Jesus, right now we are praying. And I thank you, Jesus, that you came to give a life. And it's a good life. It's a life of your presence. And I just pray for all those who are struggling now with the suicidal thing, thoughts. Those who are struggling with the depression and fear of living a life uh, and fear of rejoicing from small things, rejoicing in you, a fear of, uh, fear of just releasing a joy in their life. I just want to pray, Jesus, right now that you will come with your power. And we are just praying that the spirit of death will be broken over them in the name of Jesus. And we are praying now, Jesus, that you will come and you will break the power of the suicidal thoughts, that you will break the power of every thoughts that is leading to death and destroying uh, the life of your people and Jesus we are now praying that you will just come and breathe a new life breathe a new life Jesus into us breathe a new perspective into us Jesus revire our thinking Jesus revire the thinking and I just pray for the thinking for the mind of these people Jesus I pray that they will think about the goodness of God that they will be able to see the goodness of God they will be able to embrace the joy of the life they will be able to recognize the presence of God in their life and they will live a life of purpose life of serving others 
seeing the next generations knowing you, Jesus. Jesus, touch us. Touch us right now. Touch us right now. Touch us right now. Over some of you, there were words spoken that you will never have a family, that you will never enjoy life. And so I just want to break the power of those words in the name of Jesus. We want to break the power of those words in the name of Jesus. We want to break the power of those words in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sikarabarashita, hallelujah. Let's just pray. Let's just pray right now. Let the Holy Spirit move. Let the Holy Spirit move and touch you and heal you. Mm. I believe that some of you are just now like onion. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit is peeling down the layers. It's peeling down the layers that are not supposed to be on you. And He is just taking it down and saying, I'm healing you right now. I'm healing you right now. I was there. I was there in your pain. I was there when you were in your room. I was there when you were standing outside on the corner of that street. I was there with you. I protected you. I watched over you. It's not over. I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. It's not over. It's not over. He's not done with you. He's not done. He has the last word over your life. And I want to tell you that He has the last word over your life. He has the last word over your life. He has the last word over your job. He has the last word over your family. He has the last word over your health. He has the last word over where you are supposed to be. He has the last word over your future. He holds it. It's in good hands. Your future is in good hands. Can you hear me? Your future is in good hands. It's in good hands. It's not your hand. <laughs> it's not your hand, but it's in good hands. It's in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say it? Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord. You are the Lord. I give you, Jesus. I let go. Let go. I let go my pain. I let go my future. I let go everything, Jesus, because I trust you. Because I know you are good. Because I recognize you. Because I experience you. Hallelujah. And some of you are just going to be empowered with new tools from those seasons. God is going to change the pain for a tool. It's going to change the pain that you experience for a tool that you are going to use to give next generation. If the pain already happened, let it have meaning. Let it have meaning. Invite Jesus into that pain and let the pain have a meaning. You already paid the price. It already happened. Let Jesus shine through that. Let He empower you. Let He give you a tool. If you already experience pain in that area, you will have a nose for people who have the same pain. And just because you survive, you can use that to bless them, to minister to them, to pray for them. Hallelujah. So Jesus, Holy Spirit, we are asking that you will just empower these people right now with the tools that we need for next season. 
with the tools that we need to live a good life, for the tools that we need to live a life for next generation, the tools that we need to live a life with gladness and joy and be able to express joy, with the tools that we need, Jesus, for this next season. And we all receive it by faith. Amen? Amen. Amen.